Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? As you guys know, we batch record our episodes. So even though you're going to hear this at some future date, we are still a day and a half out from me going to Portugal. So I still have not gone. I am potentially going to try to gain dual citizenship while I'm out there. Nice. I don't know for what purpose, just to say that I can or did. I don't know. It's something I've wanted to do too. But people will ask, like, why do you want to do it? Why shouldn't I do it? I'm sure there's some benefit, right? If you're traveling in like Europe, it's mm. almost easier if you have like another like quote European passport. That's kind of what I always thought. Yeah, I I think it might help like even just when you travel out to Portugal, just if anything ever happens to you out there and you're a citizen, I, I would say you fare better than not being right. a citizen. But my dad already has his. My Does he? Yes. Nice. Which is, I guess, kind of weird. Like, did he ever lose his? Like, so he obviously immigrated to the U.S., became a U.S. citizen. But like at that point, did that like rescind his so Portugal citizenship? I... And then he had to like reapply to get dual citizenship? Or did he always just retain both? I don't know. Yeah, I got confused with that, too. Because like when my parents both became citizens like they came became citizens way after like my mom just recently became a citizen my dad was a citizen like way back so i don't get it like i so i don't know if my parents have like their portugal passports though i know i can get it because my dad was born there and is a citizen yep i don't know about my daughter i'm guessing no because i think for you already like for us it's either our parents or our grandparents. So your daughter maybe because of your dad. So she's still, yeah. So she has a so grandparent that was born there. Yeah. So she could still probably get it. And my husband, Talshad. <laughs> <laughs> he puts an application in. Sir, we see here that you don't season the chicken. <laughs> We're going to have to give you a a big fat denial. <laughs> That's right. He's hanging out in he, he's hanging out in the U.S. during the next pandemic. You yep. guys, you guys are leaving him behind, taking off. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I may bring my paperwork to try to get that all squared away while I'm out there. But I think you should. I want to do mine too, at some point. Maybe you should do one of those DNA tests first to find out if you're even Portuguese. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I know. I do need to do that too. Because I know somebody had something going on. Somebody had was having a good time with a Brazilian at some point. I'm going to take us on a left-hand turn before we start this episode because I saw a TikTok and it was somebody who was in the military and they were talking about how the Pentagon, I don't know when this was, maybe the end of last year, put out this official government memo to all these high-ranking people about how they were requiring or just encouraging people not to take DNA, those like Ancestry, 23andMe, like DNA tests, actively telling military personnel not to take them. And so this guy on on this TikTok was like, why would they do that? And then he like started digging into it and realized that it was because some high ranking person in the military just came. He took one of those tests mm-hmm. and it just all of a sudden comes up with like all these kids that you fathered in another country out there while you were in active duty. Apparently, that's systemic. If a bunch of people in the military started taking these tests, you were going to find all these U.S. citizens scattered abroad in all different parts of the world that we're at war with because oh damn these people are just out there fucking banging anyone (laughs) while on active duty so these people are taking these dna tests and it's just coming up and like linking them to children damn what does the kid also have to have their dna in the system because like what are the chances of that so i don't know 
Well, if you're being a freak leak out there, then don't do the thing. Don't do the ancestry. <laughs> I mean, that seems like pretty obvious, right? Yeah. Like if you're going out there having a good time and making babies that you don't know about, then you probably shouldn't do it. They just want to leave that shit uncovered, apparently. So, but I'm still going to do ancestry because I haven't birthed any children. <laughs> you're not worried about that. So I'm not worried about yeah. that. And I don't think anyone killed anyone in my family, so I'm still going to do it to find out. All right. So today we are continuing our Holy Ghost. But we are going to jump into like the ritual part of it. Yes. So we definitely set the stage. The stage has Mm -hmm. been set last week. One of the first rituals that I'm going to mention here that we're going to talk about I am shocked that this has not come up organically in our conversation. Yeah. In any one of our conversations in this first 18 episodes. And maybe it's because we've subconsciously just been sort of saving it and not wanting to spoil the fun for when we did eventually talk about it. But I think so. Processions. (laughs) Processions. So. I was just uh, a guest on another podcast that talks about like religious drama and growing up religious. These girls were, one was Catholic, I think one was Methodist, and they were not Portuguese. And I was on there and I was sharing my Portuguese heritage stories. And then I asked them whether they had ever heard of processions because I wasn't sure if this was strictly a Portuguese thing or not. Going back to like the last episode, we're like, is this a Portuguese Catholic thing or is this just a Portuguese thing? Right. So I was like, do you get, have you heard of processions at all in a religious setting? And they were like, like the processional at the beginning of mass. And I'm like, no, like (laughs) if only, (laughs) if only it was that. Yeah. So that is, she was, she was right. I mean, that is a processional in a church setting, but I'm like, Okay, so kind of like that, but like everyone's involved and you're walking around the town (laughs) instead (laughs) of just down the aisle in the church. And she was like, no. So I thought that was so incredibly interesting that it seems to, and I'm sure there are other cultures that do it too, but it seems to be, again, a cultural divide and not just a Catholic thing. Yeah. If you think about it, it's almost like obviously a procession is pretty much like a quote parade, right? Yeah, so that's yes. how I ended up explaining it's, it to them. I was like, it's a religious parade. It's parade. It's basically it. So like, yeah, other cultures do have parades. Towns and cities have parades. Fourth of July parades. This is just a heavily, <laughs> heavily religious parade. I think every other person's either holding a some type of banner, flag, some type of statue. You're like walking on. I think, yeah, ours did ours have the flowers on the ground here? Oh, we'll yeah. get into that. Oh, yeah. I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. The flowers on the ground. Obviously, the music. You had the band, the Portuguese, like Banda, the Musica playing. And at some point, like the priest is like at the end of the freaking procession, right? The priest and all his all of his homies. <laughs> <laughs> and then like another statue is like the big, massive, like Jesus one, right? Okay, so the priest, the priest always was like under the canopy. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. You had a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of peons holding up yeah. these large poles with a big giant canopy so he could stay in the shade. That they got at Dick Sporting Goods. <laughs> <laughs> and these these poor saps are walking this canopy thing over his head to keep the shade keep him in the shade because he can't sweat in his jesus clothes (laughs) he can't sweat in that like everyone else is wearing i know shit clothing too so that sucks oh and on top of that you're holding you're holding these like statues and walking in these banners but you're also like dressed you're not just like in street clothes walking you're like wearing some type of robe some parades have like the first communion kids walking in it. So you have like these little kids in their first white first communion clothes and dresses and suits. And they were like walking in these like stupid freaking stupid parade <laughs> processions. Which, which, which we need to talk about the fact that they're in these 
again, white dresses, white socks, white shoes, fancy, fancy, fancy. And you're walking all over what? You're walking all over the flowers. Color dyed sawdust. Yeah. That is also dyeing the shoes. Yep. That white shoe was now multicolored yep. by the time you <laughs> were done with that procession. Those socks just put them in the trash. You just got yourself a dyed shoe <laughs> after the procession. An American parade, you have a big blow up Snoopy. <laughs> and you throw candy at the children who are just watching from the sidelines with their parents. Yep. And in the Portuguese procession, the children are doing manual labor, <laughs> carrying <laughs> statues that are twice their body weight. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can adequately express carrying a statue, but it's an actual statue and it's big and it's heavy. And it sits on a wooden structure that yep. has several poles sticking out. So it's like sitting on this wooden rectangular wooden yeah. structure. And then there, let's say there's like six giant poles that stick out from it that you rest on your shoulder. Shoulders. So you have like six people. Kind of like pallbearers at a funeral. It's giving me those vibes. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's exactly it, yeah. Like divide and conquer. Like yeah. The so then you have... You rest one of these sticks from this statue thing that you're carrying on your shoulder. And we would do that young. We were in elementary school and or middle school. And we were carrying statues in our school uniform skirts down the street. Yeah, I think like in eighth grade, we got all excited because we got to hold we got to like carry the Mary statue. Yeah, and like we were not all the same height. That shit no. was wobbling everywhere because we were not in sync. We were not in step. We were not used to doing this. This was our first time. That Mary was teeter tottering. <laughs> she was hanging on by a prayer. <laughs> she was she was on a slant, flipping the whole time. <laughs> what would have happened if that Mary fell off of there? She must be glued down in some way. Dude, so if we broke the statue, do you think that's like bad luck? Like sit down automatically, like we're going to hell automatically? I'm sure. It was like condemned to hell, right? Yeah. During the procession, there was an earthquake and Mary broke. Is it still our fault that Mary broke? Because it was an earthquake that your son up in heaven (laughs) (laughs) You did this. You, You did this to yourself. But somehow our school would have still blamed us for it. <laughs> we probably would have gotten detention. Yeah, we would have. So that, that's the procession. You're walking. They adorn the streets with all of this decorative stuff. And we need to talk more about the street decoration because yeah. I'm not sure. In Portugal, it seems almost like they use more of the fresh flowers and stuff. Yeah, I think like so. Greenery and fresh flowers. And it seems like a lot of it is that. And I don't know if they also use the sawdust out there or if that was a here thing. But here mm-hmm. it was sawdust. They would adorn with fresh flowers, too. But I don't think they were as, you know, we're in the middle of a city. I, don't, yeah, I think yeah, the flowers yeah. weren't so abundant. So they had to use what they what they had. <laughs> was my grandfather collecting sawdust <laughs> in his basement for like the whole year did he really yeah like were people <laughs> buying sawdust or was it because like for me i feel like it was my vavu was a carpenter like he's, <laughs> he's sweeping up the basement and right collecting it in a bag yeah i think you're right though i think out in the angels is the flowers oh you know what i'm looking at a picture actually right behind me and yeah this looks like sawdust too so is they, that out there? Yeah. They must do both. Maybe back then when like our parents were younger, it was just flowers. So I remember my mom saying just flowers at some point. And and it depends because they like every street is different and stuff, like even in in the same think, village. Because you're you just think, like the nicer streets got the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean the sawdust looks pretty, but it's kind of like one of those things, like the procession has a route that it travels, right? So like, yeah, I don't know who decides the freaking route. I don't know. But there's a route that the procession travels and you know which streets it's going by. The people, it's not like there's some like 
procession coordinator that comes out and decorates all the streets no beforehand it's literally like the people whose house the procession is passing in front of would go out and decorate a certain area in front of their house so like all the neighbors would come out of the houses and start decorating the streets together at the same time in like the minutes before the procession started my mom says that was so much fun when they were kids to do that so here's the thing Out there, I can understand because it's a similar community. You're all in the same You're all coming out collectively to do this thing, right? So everybody comes out. Everybody knows what's going on. They decorate the streets and they move on. But here in the U.S., you're just in a city. Half the people (laughs) on this route are not Portuguese. They're looking out their window like, what the f*** is going on out there? Right. (laughs) First, the police came and shut down the street. Can't even can't even get in or out of my house if they wanted to leave they couldn't leave no the the police would come and shut down the road i don't know what the timing was precisely i remember the decorating being like you didn't have like all day to decorate because they no. wanted to limit the amount of time they closed the road down for so it was literally like i could hear the band playing from like two streets away right, and i'm right, out right. there with my vavu and my in the sawdust <laughs> the wooden molds yeah. They would make these like intricate wooden molds. Yeah, like different shapes of it. With different shapes yep. and patterns so that you would lay this mold down in the center of the road. He would have all his different color mm-hmm. dyed sawdust bags. He'd have a bag of purple and yellow and green and whatever colors he had. And you would just start going and just taking handfuls and putting them in the molds in different colors and making all these crazy patterns. And then you just lift up the mold and move it down. And work like, on to the next one. Yeah. Move it down three feet and fill it up again and you just keep going until your area met the next area so like if the person three houses up from you was decorating the street like when you guys finally got to the point where it touched then you stopped i were done yeah see i remember doing this out there and watching people do it when i was out there because i was out there uh maze was a lot for my mom's fashta so we're all we did this out there like near my grandmother's house i don't really remember doing it too much here Session didn't really go by your street, right? No, it didn't. Yeah. So I, I'm out of the loop for right here. Both of my grandparents lived a street away from each other, and both of their streets were on en route <laughs> for yeah. the processions all the time. So they both did it. Damn, both your grandparents had to do it. <laughs> it's a lot of sawdust they had to come up with. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's like, that's commitment. Your hands would get dyed. Like, we, you would finish doing it, and I'd be like, okay, I have blue hands now yeah. for eternity because it was some, I don't know what the f they used to dye that, but it was serious shit. Like lead paint. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, it's why not approved by the FDA to do it. No, EPA is not happy with that dye going rolling down the road. The thing that just boggled my mind was how in the US we got that done when, yes, I understand it was a very Portuguese community. But also there were non-Portuguese people living amongst us. And like, what were they thinking? I wonder after like a few years of it, they just were like, all right, whatever. This is a thing that they do. And maybe they could have like enjoyed watching the procession too. Because like, if they weren't Portuguese, maybe they were still like religious. Because Jesus and Mary, all those statues are all the same in all cultures. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it was something to watch, that's for sure. You couldn't go anywhere, so you had right, to sit yeah. in a lawn chair on your front yard and watch it, and you listen to the music. And I remember you were lucky if you, if it passed by your house because you didn't have to go look for a spot. Like You could just like sit outside your house and watch the procession if you wanted to. Like The procession never went by my house. Do you want to know what's interesting? The house that I lived in when I was going to our elementary school was right next to the school and the church and the procession went by that house too. Yeah. I never had to go seek out a procession. It always just came by my front door. Look at that. I still remember that for, so first communion, second grade. So Melissa went to another church. Melissa went to the same school and participated in our church during our, during school hours. But Melissa and her family went to another church, another parish. She belonged to another parish. So she did first communion with them with those kids at that parish and you walked i'm assuming you walked that parade too i think i walked them all i walked them all (laughs) she walked that parade too so 
our parade always went by her house and somehow <laughs> I think you somehow managed to walk our parade. You didn't do communion with us, but you walked our parade. But then when you got to your house, like literally right, right near your house, you just took off and you went home. <laughs> do you remember that? Um. Yes, I remember that. I have that on video. Actually, <laughs> you were just like, "Bye." I have a video of that happening. I was so sick of walking in processions. I hated it my whole yeah, life. Me too. I, I had to do it for not just for first communion, but I had to do it for just like everything for all these ritual cults of the Holy Ghost processions and all this shit. So I just felt like I was just in processions my whole life, like every weekend. It was just annoying. Yeah. Like we said, we didn't learn how to play sports or gymnastics we didn't do we didn't do any of that stuff that kids do today we were doing this shit right maybe that's why i never broke a bone in my life (laughs) (laughs) i drew the line like i was so annoyed with processions and my mom asked me if i could walk in the first communion procession of my school which was the one that kelly was walking in I was like, mom, I literally just walked in a first communion procession like last week at my church, the one that I actually took first communion at. And I was like, I'm not doing it. And she's like, it's going right by the house. It's your school. You have to do it, blah, blah, blah. And she like kind of was guilting me into like, you have to do this. I made a deal with her and I said, I will walk it only until I get to my house. And once the procession gets to my house, I'm walking out. Like, I'm just piecing out of this bitch. I'm not. I'm not going to make the whole loop back to the <laughs> back to the church and then have you go pick me up from the church and whatever. And so I freaking did. And I was not just like walking. I was holding the banner. <laughs> so I had to find a replacement banner holder so that I could walk away. Like I I like tapped someone behind me and I was like, can you hold this string? And then like I was just like, boop, boop, boop. and this little like girl in her first communion dress just like walked home and was like, these bitches. It was the best. Oh God, I remember that clear as day. You just took <laughs> off. Girl just like looked at her like what? <laughs> like you don't even go here. <laughs> I know because I wasn't. I didn't even take communion with you. No. So I had anxiety about processions, walking in them for some reason. And I think that when I was really young, I have this vivid memory of I was walking in one of these cults of the Holy Ghost processions. You know, they had seven mangoes yeah. or whatever. Oh, and yeah. Every week you would get invited to go walk in the procession from whoever had the manga. I got invited to walk in this one. They made me a dress. I actually still have the dress. My, my daughter has it in her dress up closet now. My, <laughs> my manga procession dress that somebody handmade for me. It's got like no tags in it. It's just like this handmade thing. I remember it just being chaos. So the procession apparently like started from this person's house it was a tenement house like three or four apartments whatever and there was like hundreds of people just like swarming the property in all the apartments every which way and you had to get in there and like get dressed and i was not with my parents because like my dad was in his suit and he was in one part of the procession and you know he had to go line up over here and my mom like wasn't in the procession and i was with the little girls and the matching dresses somewhere no need for any of this. She basically just like was like, oh, here. And like she just like let me go. And I was like lost in all the like hustle, bustle <laughs> and commotion. And I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing because I was young. Like, yeah. Really, like this was probably pre first communion. I just remember just being like, like nobody even knows I exist right now. <laughs> like I was just standing in a sea of just Portuguese adults yelling and screaming at each other, trying to get the order right and like organize people. And I was like lost. You could have just walked right out of that house. Walked away and no one would have known. I just remember getting such anxiety from that. The chaos of not knowing and the disorganization of the whole thing. And like, I was like, never again. And I hated it. I don't. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't blame you. Do one procession and you're good. That is it. There's no need for like a procession every week. I did so many. I did this series where like I was in like a white robe with this red like little mini cape around my shoulders. Yeah. And there was a bunch of us girls that maybe a dozen of us or something all wearing the same outfit. And we were all in a row and we each carried. There must be some 
symbolic meaning to all of the things that we carried. But we were like, oh, in, yeah, of course. We were like Probably. in front of a big like Sant Christ Jesus statue, I think. Like, I remember one year I held like a ladder and I think it was supposed to be like <laughs> the stairway to heaven or something. I don't know what it was supposed to symbolize. One year it was like a tray with like the crown of thorns. Yeah. Each person was carrying something, all these girls that symbolized <laughs> something related to Jesus. And it was, I have so many pictures of that. And I'm like, oh my God, I hated every second of it. My mom, all about it, all about those. But my dad's just not a religious person. He's not going to like, go to church every week and he doesn't practice it so i think because of him i wasn't forced into doing this stuff which thank god (laughs) i started to rebel as i got older because there had to be like an end to this because i was like at some point i'm like i'm too old for this shit i don't want to do this i'm in high school now like i have friends i want to go do stuff on the weekends you'd still be doing it now (laughs) yeah oh daughter would be doing it don't act like i haven't been asked recently to go walk in a procession no no hard no for me So I, at some point, was like, I have to end this. Like, I have to cut the ties to these processions. And so I would just start, like, acting out. And, like, I'd be like, I'm not wearing a dress. And they'd be like, no, you have to wear a dress. So if it wasn't, like, some costume that was made for you or some specific thing you had to wear, some of them were just, you have to wear a fancy dress. I had to go to JCPenney and buy, like, a prom dress. No. A prom dress for a <laughs> like on clearance, the clearance aisle, this hideous, hideous thing and go wear it in this procession. And I told my mom, I was like, I'll wear the dress, but I'm not wearing fancy shoes. I'm like, they're going to get ruined anyway in all the, the sawdust and they're not comfortable and it's a long walk and I'm just not doing it. So I have this one picture where I am in this prom dress from JCPenney and I'm wearing these like Air Jordans like on my feet like just yeah. these like high top like <laughs> white sneakers that was like my little way to rebel and then I was like I'm not doing this anymore and I stopped but I understand uh, like I understand why they do it but it's too much so my uncle to this day out there in Can- in Portugal almost like 70 years old and he's still walking these damn parades I'm like, stay home. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you're sick from like cirrhosis of the liver. And you're like 70 something and you're still walking these damn possessions. <laughs> Freaking Gaza. <laughs> hey, maybe that's why he's still alive because he's walking in these. Maybe. <laughs> and then I always remember there being like this awkward thing like if you saw if you're walking in the procession and then you like saw someone you knew that was just like watching from the sidelines like that was embarrassing as hell (laughs) some kid you had a crush on is just like standing on the corner watching the procession and you're just in it like walking you're like oh my god this is so embarrassing i'm I'm embarrassed that you just saw me in it but like you're standing there watching it though yeah probably because he can't get out of his house (laughs) he has no choice i know So we need to clarify because there are processions and there are whatever the freak we're going to call what goes on with the cow when you you parade the cow around as part of the cult of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I'm not into that either. (laughs) So aside from all the big processions that happen as part of this cult of the Holy Ghost festivities... Again, happening weekly. There's a whole thing we're going to get into about the rosary and drawing names for every week and then one big procession at the end. But there's also this separate little, I'm not going to call it a procession, but it's a little ensemble of cows and some people and they parade the cow around. That they're going to plan to. This is the cow that is going to be sacrificed. Yes. So they take this cow or cows, it might be more than one, they parade them around. I'm sure they're singing and they have little baskets of bread and whatever. And there's kind of like a group of people that follow through the streets and I'm sure whatever they're doing the thing. They parade the cow around the city streets and then they go murder this cow, sacrifice this cow, sacrificial cow, part of the cult. Slaughter it, let's just say. They take the pieces of this, the meat from this cow and you buy tickets to something called a pencil. Mm-hmm. And that just means that you're buying tickets to eat the cow that they just paraded around. You're going to get a big hunk of meat 
and the bread. We've talked about this before, like the bread and the wine and the masa, yeah. whatever. All part of this like package that you get for this ticket, one low price of $49.99, whatever it is. (laughs) Then they come later, a second procession around to give you this package and you provide them your ticket. But it's like you you literally are parading the cow around in front of me and then you're going to come and bring me that same cow. Same cow. Mm -hmm. This is the stuff. I, I, I don't like none of this stuff. I know, but like you eat meat. I know, but it's like you're slaughtering a cow for like a stupid reason. Let's just put it this way. Like I get it. This whole this like the whole religious thing and I, I get it. I understand, but in reality, like like nope. I just I, I can't get behind it. Like I don't know. I just can't. Like you're slaughtering a cow just so you can fucking deliver it to people at their houses because they bought like a ticket for the fucking whole I can't. I just I can't. It bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. That poor cow is walking around <laughs> and down to, like doesn't even know what's going to happen to him. But everyone around him knows what's going to happen to him. It's like thing. just a bunch of barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jesus would want us to do that, would he? Who do they think they're doing that for? I know. Like the, it's Holy, like- the Holy Spirit. You have to do this because of the Holy Spirit. Like what? I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Right. Because my dad told me, so I got into it with him on Easter. Like I said, like my dad's not the biggest, the biggest religious man that you'll ever meet, but you know he knows all this stuff, obviously. So I remember saying something about, "Do you guys really believe like Jesus died and came?" You know, like I was kind of giving them grief about that a little bit, but just being funny about it. And my dad like got like wicked offended, and he's just like, you know, you shouldn't be talking like that because there was this man back in Portugal. He was supposed to give his cow for this, <laughs> for this event. He was supposed to give his cow. And then I I guess he backtracked and said he like couldn't or maybe whatever, maybe changed his mind. I don't know what, whatever, whatever reason. And, and because this cow was supposed to be for the Holy Spirit and this guy like took it back and was like, no, no, never mind. His cow died the next day. So the Holy Spirit killed this man's cow. You weren't willing to sacrifice your cow for the Holy Spirit. So the cow died the next day. <laughs> and I'm like, dad, maybe the cow was just sick. And maybe that's he maybe he knew his cow was sick. So he's like, I don't want to give you guys like mad cow. cow disease. Disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Didn't think of that way. No. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, they really do this for the Holy Spirit. It's wild. I talk to like my parents and like my parents don't like, they don't believe in ghosts. They don't believe in any of that. They're like, you die, blah, 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 whatever. You you know, you go to heaven, you're with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always tell them that their bedroom is haunted because my dog won't go into their bedroom. My dog will not go into my mother's bedroom. She, she, my dog freaks out, won't walk in. I'm like, oh, it's probably haunted. That's like my running, running joke. They don't believe in any of that. They're like, no, blah, blah, blah. But what? You're believing in a Holy Spirit. <laughs> It's the same thing, right? Like, how can you believe in that, but not believe in a, like a ghost haunting your house? I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe in the holiest <laughs> of ghosts. <laughs> but like, he's not even like the Holy make Spirit. Make it that, make sense. The Holy Spirit that they believe in is not even like a good guy. <laughs> right, right, like, right, right. Like, it's like this, like, don't say that. Don't say that to my father. <laughs> No, but it's not even like somebody that does good. It's like it's all about like the wrath of the Holy Spirit and avoiding the wrath of the Holy Spirit, like the fear of not bowing down to the Holy Spirit and think right. bad things are going to happen to you. And it's like that's fucked up. The Catholic guilt we get too. It's like oh, if you don't do this, like you might you're gonna go to you're gonna go to hell. It's just a weird way of thinking. Like no, if I do something bad, I'm not automatically going to hell. Like Jesus isn't gonna come down and like strike upon me it's so like morbid they're thinking oh it's totally morbid and like i was cleaning out my house in the last couple years i read the marie kondo book i tried that for cleaning out my house and actually it worked really wonderfully if anybody wants to know it was perfect and i really like her methods worked really well but one of the things that i had to face when i got to the books category and i was consolidating books i was like i have all these bibles 
I've just accumulated Bibles in my lifetime. I had kids Bibles, Bibles I had in school that were given right. to me and whatever, Bibles from God knows what. And I had never thrown out any of the Bibles because, oh my God, you can't throw out a Bible. No, no, you can't. You can't throw out a Bible. You're kidding me. You go straight to hell. You're going to get struck down. Something bad will definitely, most definitely happen to you if you throw away a Bible. I finally just like, was like, well, this is going to be a test. And this was kind of like at the beginning of when I was just like starting to be more open about not believing all this shit. I was like, well, this will be a good test. I'm going to throw the Bible away. If I die, I die. If I, if I don't. Let me throw out one and let me see what happens. <laughs> yeah. If I don't die, then we know. And and it was like the most liberating thing to throw the Bible in the trash. Do you know that? Like I threw it away and I was like, oh, my God, that felt so good. Nothing bad happened. Right. At the end of the day, it's just it's a it's a book. It's a book. It's a book. But do you know that I looked up what you're supposed to do with Bibles, like how you're supposed to throw them away? I was just going to ask you. I remember that you looked it up. I stumbled upon this whole like Catholic website about like how to properly dispose of religious artifacts and articles and items, mm -hmm. including Bibles. It was the most ridiculous shit I have ever read in my entire life. Like you were supposed to have like a burial service for this Bible. Yeah, like, I remember you were supposed saying. to have like a Christian burial service for the Bible if you wanted to put it out of service, <laughs> if it was no longer usable. No, thank you. <laughs> or you were supposed to, they call it cremation. You were supposed to cremate the Bible. Imagine you Stop. showing up to a crematorium and I'd like to like this Bible. <laughs> I have my 10 Bibles from Catholic school days. Can you please cremate these and give me the ashes? It was the most so I can go bury the ashes. Shit. Yeah, I almost like I still have like a little bit of the fear of it. Like sometimes I get a little like, oh, like I don't know. I, I, I still get it, it's still in me a little bit. So I'm trying to work on that. Like yeah. when my dad said that to me afterwards, I was like, oh shit, I'm sorry. Like I shouldn't be in my in my brain like to myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I shouldn't be talking about like Jesus like that. Like I shouldn't be calling Jesus like a freaking zombie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to just let it go because you start like re just remembering that it's all man-made tales. Yeah, it, that's what it is. Right. And it pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> yeah, you know. But all of it is, and like, just if you think about it, like the Bible is just a book. Like, who even wrote the Bible? Our friend, she's gonna love all the shout outs. Our she's friend, our friend calls our friend it. A, no, she didn't write the Bible. <laughs> she, she calls it a <laughs> a creative writing marvel. Like, <laughs> so basically, there was a point in her life when she stopped believing in the Bible as the book she knew and grew up with, and was like wow, this is a creative writing marvel. And I just love that. Yeah. So I just Googled to see who wrote the Bible. Just, you know, see if they had an author. <laughs> if it was like Jesus, Moses, Matthew, whatever. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> and it says, uh, even after nearly 2,000 years of, it, of its existence and centuries of investigation by scholars, we still don't know with certainty who wrote its various texts. <laughs> So wait, you want me to believe in something that you don't even know who wrote it? Doesn't every Bible passage start with like a reading from the letter of Paul to the Phoenicians? Yeah. Anyways, back to our rituals for cult of the Holy Ghost. We've talked about how they elect a leader. And then we've talked a little bit about how some members gain some duties by being picked out of a hat. And that is for what's called a Jmanga, which... Mm -hmm is sort of like a week-long obligation that this person has. Once your name is picked out of the hat, you get assigned a week. You're Okay, week one, we pick a name out of a hat. We're going to pick another name. You, you know in advance. They do this for seven or eight weeks as part of this, this whole thing. If your name is picked, your obligations for that week that you're assigned are A, to open up your home every oh. night, to the general public, I'm assuming, the community members and general public to come and pray the rosary in your home. And you provide them with some little pastries. You provide everyone with some pastries. You set up some chairs in your home. You, you remove all your furniture. It's almost like 
funeral home vibes. Yeah. Like it's just like you go in and it's the chairs. Yes. And the casket would be like the altar. <laughs> and so they set up they set up a viewing room. Like you said, this is what the <laughs> casket would be. They set up a viewing room and I guess it depends on the person's house and what space they have available. But every time that I've been, it has been an entire room dedicated mm-hmm. where they they literally will empty an entire room of all of its furniture and they will set up a shrine, a room-sized shrine to that little crown and the pumping on a stick. I would never, never. Nope. No, thank you. So that crown travels from house to house for the seven or eight weeks to all the different people's homes that were, you know, drawn out of a hat. Give it to somebody else. Skip my name. And so when it comes to your house, you have this shrine that you've built and set up to it. Satin and feathers and beads. And white. White everywhere. White and red and pureness. (laughs) Purity. And the central focus, again, is this Holy Spirit. All the chairs are set up facing that. That's what you're praying to. That's what you're praying around. And you are praying the entire rosary in Portuguese Mm -hmm. every night of the week. Yep. I would get dragged to these. I don't know how many you had to attend, but I would get dragged to these events. Because my mom always, my mom still till this day attends these. And when I was a kid, I got dragged because if my father was working, she couldn't leave us. She couldn't leave us home. Well, that was the thing. Like both of my parents yeah. would, would want to go. And then I would just have to get dragged along because I couldn't stay home yeah. by myself. So many of them. Oh, my God. Is there anything worse than having to sit through the rosary in Portuguese every single night? <laughs> so as a child. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because like. You kind of understand what they're saying, but then you also don't really know what they're saying because <laughs> you know, like, oh, I mean, I could, re- I, mean? I could recite them all, all the, yeah, I know, all the prayers in Portuguese, but oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember it was fun if there was like other kids there and like we've done and I think I've, I even think I went to some with you probably because I recall yeah, like I feel like there was like one house. I swear, I think I went with you one time where the house was like on uh, like not farmland, but like in the woods. We played manhunt. That's when we played manhunt. Yeah. So that was like fun. So it, it's exactly that. So there would be a grouping of children who were all sorry saps that got dragged to this mm-hmm. thing by their parents. And it'd be nice because like if there was boys, you know, like we were boy crazy back then because we we're young. And like if there was other boys. And you were essentially at this point unsupervised because all the right. parents are praying the Portuguese rosary <laughs> in a room and you knew they were going to be tied up for minimum 60 to 90 minutes yeah. okay, of I that activity. So depending on, again, where the house was. So some of these houses were like tight, little yeah. like apartment, apartment. apartment in a tenement building or whatever. So like there was not much you mm-hmm. could really do like you were like tucked away in like a basement or you were just wandering the underneath the grapevine outside of the backyard yeah. or something but you always kind of gathered with the kids i remember one that was so boring there was nowhere for us to go and we were in this like staircase and we had to be silent so like all the kids were there but we couldn't play or make any noise because the rosary was going on like, right there and they were praying so like they would be like Shh, we had to be silent yeah, we were all just yeah, yeah. sitting staring at each other like it was brutal but i do remember the one that was on like a nice because i i remember doing this with you a nice plot of land and all the kids went outside in the middle of the night and we played like manhunt around the neighborhood and that was that was fantastic that's like, yeah great memories and you would get disappointed if you did go and then if there was like no kids or if there was kids but like you didn't the lame, out the lame kids yeah, yeah the lame kids you were like oh f-. like you were just there or then all occasionally like there would be like a hot boy and you're like oh my god <laughs> like this is gonna be fun <laughs> yes and then you'd get a kishada at the end of it and maybe like and i'm gonna say this term and i want to know if you know what this means spieg do you know what a spieg is I don't even know yeah. if I'm saying it right. It's this is what I'm picturing. I'm picturing Tell me what it is in I'm picturing yeah. this like 
it's it's like a sugar pastry that it's literally just like it's like a puff and it's dried yeah it's gross i don't like it disgusting but it's (laughs) like i think it's just like sugar and maybe like egg whites or something and they just like comes out like a right yeah, like it looks like it should go on it's top like of like pub. a castle. Yes, yes. <laughs> My mom used to have a friend, this old lady. Are they called speaks? I don't know what, what they're they called. Call? It could be. You might be right. But this old lady and her husband, every time we did our visita with them on Sundays, sh- that's what she served. And they were, they were so freaking gross. It's like a puff pastry but it's like it hard like, yeah it's but it hard. looks like it should be on like a crowd like it looks like it it's should like, be like, like on a castle yeah it should be at the top of the Taj Mahal yes <laughs> oh my god what's it called I want to say my grandmother would call them a spiegs but that isn't that like a pimple that's what I was <laughs> at first I, that's what I was thinking how do you even like how do you google I don't even know what it's what it would be called in English Okay, I think they're called meringues. Like, I wanted to say lemon meringue pie, and I knew that wasn't right, but are they called meringue cookies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. It's calling them, in Portuguese, it's calling them suspige. Oh, so maybe that's kind of where you're... It kind of sounds like what you're saying. Suspige. I guess (laughs) is speech is not the right word. (laughs) Hit the hit um the tran are you on the translator thing? I was like hit it and see what the lady says. <laughs> That's what I always do all the time. But like when I actually look up the word suspiro suspirge, it translates to sigh. Oh, so I don't understand how it could also mean meringue. But <laughs> suspirus, suspirus. <laughs> yeah, well, those don't taste good. <laughs> no. But now that it's like looking that there's other flavors. So maybe maybe in the other flavors they taste better. I don't know. My grandmother loved those damn things. I know. So we've talked about the processions. We've talked about the rosary. The rosary was like one part of what the people had to do if your name was drawn out of a hat. And then you had to also prepare your own procession for that week. You had to host the supage. Yeah. Supish, specific to this Holy Ghost cult, if anyone is wondering, it's like a poor person's food because I think it's supposed to be a remembrance of Queen Isabella, Elizabeth, <laughs> whatever the hell her name was, feeding the poor. So, so it's literally like the poorest shit you can find, but it is so good. My mom, again, she still goes to those. I just, I, I, I it's such a turn off of me. <laughs> I'm so against all this. It's like such a turn off for me. It's like, I'm not going to sit in a church basement on a hot, sunny day eating soup. But it is good soup. But I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I know. And sometimes they do it at like, like the social clubs, like the Portuguese social yeah, clubs and stuff. They, like have them, so they have it there. But the soup itself is like they would put meat. Yeah. Boil some meat to give that flavoring or whatever like mint and i don't know what other like ingredients they make all spice i don't know what else they put in there and then they put in like these ziti noodles this yeah, kind of like ziti yeah. noodle and bread yeah, i was gonna say and the bread yeah so then they just throw in bread so it looks like it becomes just like soggy bread lots of it lots of soggy bread in your soup and so it's just mostly Soggy bread, water, mint leaves, and some macaroni with like a little bit of meat thrown in on the side sometimes. It is tasty as hell. Yeah, I remember liking it. It is good. And I don't actually know if it's like objectively good or if I like it because it's nostalgic to me now. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like I like like the nostalgia of it because I grew up eating it. But it's to me, it's like the best thing ever. I think I remember liking it when I, it's been it's been years since I went like I won't go now like I won't walk into it have soup like I'm sorry like I'll eat I'll make my own soggy bread soup at home. <laughs> I just don't want to sit with a group of people and eat and it's hot like I'm sorry like you know like a church basement a church basement does not have AC. <laughs> 
I think people should also know this isn't like a situation where you're just getting served like your own bowl of soup. No. Like this is like giant bowls of soup that come to the table on like these long tables you're sitting at by by the dozens. Almost like when you get served at a wedding, right? They don't even do that at weddings anymore. That was like the thing. Like you'd go to yeah. like, let's just be put it out there venus de milo you'd go to to venus de milo you'd get your giant bowl of minestrone soup in the middle and then like one person would like jump up and be assigned the server role and then everyone passes their bowls around and they so much pressure for that person you know from the big bowl to the little bowls right at the table Mm -hmm. so it's like that vibe but they don't do that really anymore at weddings they're giving you individual bowls do they even still serve? Like some weddings might not even serve soup, right? Right. They could just, and most like, of them probably don't. Yeah, I think they, they, they'll do like a little salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like back in the day, like that was the jam. Like you'd get yeah. fam- family style soup at, in a big bowl that you had served to everyone. And then you'd get like family style meals. Like you'd have like just trays would come out of chicken and steak and potatoes. And like you would just it's like you're at family supper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, they'd put down a pitcher of wine, pitcher of Sprite, pitcher of Coke at the table. Mm-hmm. And like that Coke and Sprite, you know how everyone says like, oh, if you get a fountain drink from like McDonald's or Burger King, it's like the best soda you've ever had. I think I feel like that Coke and Sprite were like the best soda you've had. <laughs> from that from that picture, it just hits yeah. so different. It's different. I'm sorry. It was amazing. Maybe it's because you were so hot and sweaty in the basement. <laughs> I mean, it was great. And then you'd get like the refills. The pitches would just keep yeah. coming. The soup would keep coming. Oh, bottomless soup and pitches of Coca-Cola. I mean, what could go wrong? Queen Isabel would be impressed. She'd be like, look what I did here. I did this. I created all of this. <laughs> 10 out of 10. My grandmother, she's still, she'll save me. Kachada, she'll save me a little marmita of soupish. Yeah, if she yeah. goes to a soupish, she'll save some on the side for me because she knows oh I God, love my it. My mom goes to so many still. Oh, she would love. Oh God, she would love if I went with her. She would love it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like the end of your week of rosary, there's like you do a procession. You, I think you might process from the person's house with the crown to the church you have a mass and then at the end of the mass there is a coronation ceremony where they crown somebody i don't know you get to pick who they crown usually it's like a kid or i don't know somebody from the immediate family of the people who a just hosted the rosary so sacrifice and so <laughs> <laughs> and so they will do this whole coronation ceremony where they put this big they put the big symbolic crown on their head and they make them kiss the little pumbinga and it's a whole thing and they're now the the king or of the ceremony and then they process from there out yeah. i believe back around do a procession to go and so. eat the supish maybe and then all the people who are in the procession eat the supish and it's like a big honor if you get crowned it's all weird because it's not like tied to the church, but yeah, you're having this mass involved in all the ceremonial stuff. And then you're having the priest crown them in this ritual. Like, I don't really know. That's what was always confusing growing up. The church was definitely getting some money from this. <laughs> They're profiting something off of this. Then it goes, the, the crown and the dove go over to the leader's house, the Mordom's house. And I think he's the last one mm-hmm. to kind of culminate in the like big feast at the end of this. They kind of have like one giant feast. And this this article actually says the Monday following the seventh Sunday of Easter is Azor's Day, or as it is traditionally known, the Dia de Pombina. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The Day of the Dove. The day of penis. The day of the pigeon, <laughs> the white pigeon. Yeah, then you get into right into the fashta. And you have like a giant Holy Ghost fashta culminating this whole thing. And I think you start maybe picking out the names for the following year and announcing yeah. like the following year's maybe. Mordome. So then you can like transfer the power to your new leader. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I just can't. It's like I can't take this serious. <laughs> I think we're kind of wrapping up the bulk of the 
Cult of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I need to tell you, Kelly, is that I just stumbled upon the Cult of the Lord Holy Christ of the Miracles, a.k.a. Señor Sons Christus Milagres, which is the really bloody Jesus statue, specifically, that they worship out there. That's its own separate cult. We got to deep dive into that. That'll be another episode. Yes, because what better thing would you like to worship than a crown of thorns, bloody head, uncovered torso, and bruised, beaten body? Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyways, so that's for another day. And I think I used to, growing up, I had some freaking type of picture of that. And I'm like, that's like awful. <laughs> like you have little, you have children running around the home. So that's for another day. Now we're going to enter into our segment. It's called Mental Health. So I'll go first. (laughs) My advice here is simple. Simple, simple, simple. Coffee and alcohol, as we all know, are triggers for anxiety. So for the love of Señor Sans Christus Milagres, please do not drink espresso martinis. Please just don't do it. I know it seems like a good idea at the time. I know they're delicious. I just, I really do. But when I tell you, I ended up in the emergency room because I drank espresso martinis when I was already having anxiety. I couldn't feel my arms and my legs and my limbs went numb and I thought I was dying and I stayed up all night and then I went to the emergency room. Okay, so just don't do it. Don't do it. You can still drink coffee. And you can actually still have alcohol. Just please don't do them together. It just like doubles up <laughs> <laughs> on the pain that you will feel. Please, yeah. please don't do it. I'm good with it. I don't do any espresso martinis. I don't need that. I barely can have my one cup of coffee a day. That I'm already pushing it. So it's a good one. <laughs> Mine is just... When I'm in my anxious mode sometimes, it's this is just this, so simple. I just will binge watch one of my favorite comfort shows. And I have many. <laughs> the Office, Bob's Burgers, Always Sunny. The Office is like my number one, obviously. So it's always that's always on. For it to be therapeutic, it has to be a show you've already watched yeah. all the way through. Yeah, it's like a comfort of just like, I know what's going to happen in the show because I already watched it. I don't know. It's weird. So my husband does that. He Does he? That's uh, like we we would watch shows and like, so let's say we just got through like a s- series. Yeah. We watched 10 seasons of something. He'll be like, all right, cue it back up. Start at number one. <laughs> we'll just like go on repeat and we'll start this. Like we just finished season 10, episode 10. And he will start back at episode season one, episode one as yep. his very next move. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, that is psychopath behavior. You can't control what's going to happen in your everyday life. And then at least in like TV world, you can kind of control it. <laughs> it's controlled. And that's honestly exactly why my husband does that. Because he says it's just something that he doesn't have to feel anxious about what's coming or suspense about what's coming because... He already knows. He already knows. Yeah. He will. He, honestly, if it's a show that he hasn't, he hasn't even seen, he will look it up. He will spoil the show for himself. Oh, really? As he's watching That's a new show, so that he doesn't have to have that suspense because he's just—it's too much. He'll put him over the edge. He has too much stress in his life. He can't handle <laughs> the extra suspense of not knowing what's happening in a TV or movie. I won't do that, but I'll binge it fast so I can get it done. Especially yeah. if I heard. I heard from people like oh like did you check out blah 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 like it's like no okay I need to like watch it so I can know what happened but yeah it's so funny I won't ruin a show I won't look it up to see what happens (laughs) he'll do it and he'll do it in front of me and I'm like I know you're looking it up so now like I need to know because if you know I need to know I can't have you knowing right (laughs) yeah (laughs) it just ruins it yeah I always feel like I'll try to do like an episode of something before I go to bed too. Like I like to do that too. And that will help me like fall asleep. Preferably not true crime. No. 
but I am one of those that can watch true crime and still go to sleep. <laughs> that wraps us up and we will see you next week. So it's about that time. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast, please just give us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. You can also visit our website. It's folkandfad.com. We have transcripts available there of every episode. And you can also send us an email, mail at folkandfad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Same handle there, folkandfad. And for Instagram, you can follow us at underscore it's called culture.